It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the NBA G League being back no more bubble. It's back for real, but it looks a little bit different than the last time we saw a G League season. John Wall and the Houston Rockets are agreeing to part ways should the Thunder get involved. Also, we are getting closer and closer to the start of the NBA season, which means Vegas has put out their odds for opening night, their over-under win totals, chances to make the playoffs, and their award picks we're going to dive into all of that and more on today's Locked On Thunder coming up right now. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I am your host every single day right here on Locked On Thunder Podcast. Media member and editor-in-chief over at thundersintentions.com. Go check that out as well. Subscribe on Locked On Thunder Podcast feed wherever Future podcast from it's completely free. You can also find the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LOTHunderpod at gmail.com, or even call into the show, 405-362-7128. Always a way for you to get connected with us on today's show. We're going to dive into the NBA G League schedule being announced. John Wall's saga in Houston and the Vegas lines for the Thunder this season 
are already out. Today's show is brought to you by Locked On NBA Fridays. On Fridays on the Locked On NBA podcast, Nick Angstead of Locked On Mavericks, Adam Mares of Locked On Nuggets, and also heard on the Low Post podcast, Power Rank the Week That Was in the NBA. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast wherever you get your podcast from, including YouTube, the Odyssey app, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you find your podcast. Let's get into the biggest news of the day. That's that the G League is back. So celebrations are breaking out everywhere because we finally have a true G League season again. This will look a bit different though. Number one, the league has added a new franchise. Now it's a Mexico City franchise that will play in the U.S. this year, but next year, hopefully, if everything goes according to plan with the pandemic, we'll be back in Mexico City and we'll have an international team in the G League. Also, This will be a full season with no bubble. So they're going to be traveling around, playing every city uh, that holds a G League team, and having a ton of fun. The schedule, though, while it's a complete schedule, looks a bit different. It'll be broken up into two segments. The first segment will come before Christmas. Let's just use Christmas as a a general barometer. Before December, you know, in December. And that will be a lead-in to what's going to be called the Showcase Cup. You'll play teams back-to-back pretty much. Like you'll play, for example, Salt Lake City uh, on, on like a Friday and then a Sunday, for example. So you'll, you'll get that kind of group together uh, pairings of games leading into that December showcase. So it'll be about 14 games before the showcase. Then you have the showcase itself, and then you start the regular season. So this will go from November to December for the showcase, and then at the end of December into April for the actual G League season and G League playoffs. Now, the G League Ignite team is back. Brand new coach, brand new group of prospects. It's all back. They will be participating, but they'll only play in the 14 games prior to the cup. They'll also play in the cup itself, but after the cup is over, the Ignite team will no longer be playing games in the G League. So that's something to look forward to there as well. To see the G League in action, the G League Ignite team in action, they will be playing in Oklahoma City twice on December 3rd and December 5th. The Blue remain the affiliate for the Thunder, uh, the OKC Blue. They will play their games. This is an interesting topic here to me. They'll play their games in the Paycom Center because, of course, the Cox Convention Center has been converted uh, into a studio, so it's no more, and the Thunder elect to keep their G League team in Oklahoma City still. I think that this is a great move for the organization, for the Thunder and the Blue. Number one, the Thunder like to legitimize their G League uh, team. Like they, they like to feel a part of, of a group, so to say. They like to make it uniform. They like to combine the two and not alienate a group of players that are in your organization. Whereas you see other teams sometimes not even have their G League team in the same state. And that creates a ton of problems and it, and it can lead to uh, feeling as though, hey, if I get sent to the G League, I'm truly alienated. I'm truly Uh, demoted. Whereas if you're playing in the same exact building, the same exact city, you feel like, Hey, you know what? I'm just getting some extra work in. I'll be back up here in just a little bit. So I think that psychologically it's a good idea. And then also in actuality, it's a good idea because it's a lot easier to say, have Trey Mann play in a Friday game in Oklahoma city in the Paycom center, whenever the thunder are off and then have him back up there Saturday for the thunder game. 
because, hey, you know what? We're not sure if we can get you in, into the Saturday game. We know we did not get you into the Wednesday or Monday game. So play on Friday, and we'll see where we're going to be at on Saturday. But we want to have you there just in case things go uh, right or wrong in the game to where we can find minutes for you. So having that close compatibility will work out more times than not comparatively to where if you have to send Trey Mann to, say, even Tulsa way up the road or even uh, you know some other state like some teams have to do with their G League program. It's just a lot easier to shuffle players around and with an organization that puts such a focus on developing players in the G League and having that constant communication with the G League, what better way for Sam Presti, for Mark, for Coach Gibbs with the Blue to all communicate, to all be on the same page with how to manage the roster, what to work on, what to run, uh, and what they want to see accomplished in the, with the Blue than to have them play in your own building. Now, for fans, here's where you guys get involved. The games, of course, will feature some day-night doubleheaders. And this can be a really fun event. And I think it will be. I think it will be done right by everyone involved. The first one is a Salt Lake City game where the Blue plays Salt Lake City. And that's at like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. And then the Thunder play the Spurs at 6 o'clock that night. And I'm just envisioning, you know what? That's on like a Sunday, I, I believe. Let's just go up to Oklahoma City on Saturday night. We stay the night up there uh, or down there, depending on where you're coming from, Oklahoma, of course. We stay the night here in Oklahoma City, and we get to watch some OKC Blue basketball, which is sure to have some uh, talented players that will actually recognize, and we'll talk about that in a second. And then... You hang around Oklahoma City for a while, hang around Bricktown, get something to eat, get something for lunch or dinner, and then go right back to the Paycom Center and watch the actual Thunder team play. And so you kind of get you kind of get two for the price of one if you're if you're a a family or just anyone who lives further away from Oklahoma City and you want to just make the the most out of your trip, where you know maybe I can only make it up there once a month or or, or once every other month. Uh, giving you more options to watch basketball, in my opinion, as a basketball nerd who hosts a podcast every single day about basketball, is a great thing. So I'm very much looking forward to the doubleheaders. Maybe I'm just crazy and a nerd who just wasted three minutes of your time, but I think it's pretty cool that they're playing in the Paycom Center and setting up these kind of doubleheaders that give you that kind of uh, camaraderie, that 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 uniform, whatever you would like to call it, uh, to connect the two franchises together, the Blue and the Thunder. So who could we see in the G League? Why should you go map out those doubleheader days and go to both games and spend your entire day watching Thunder basketball in this organization? Well, in the G League, you're going to see names you recognize almost every single night. It's just obvious that the two-way guys, Paul Watson Jr. and Aaron Wiggins, will play in every single home game for the most part with the Blue unless they're traveling on the road with the Thunder. So for these doubleheaders... The Thunder are going to be in town, so you're likely going to see minutes from Paul Watson Jr. and Aaron Wiggins with the blue. I think you're also going to see Charlie Brown Jr. with the blue. If they can bring back Josh Hall, he'll be there, but I've heard that Josh Hall's had five workouts already with NBA teams, so it's no guarantee he's back. But if he is back, that's the plan for his development with the Thunder is to go to the blue, from what I'm hearing. Now, here's the cool name to me, and here's the here's the big ticket item. A few years ago, it was Lou Dort. Here's the big ticket item. I really believe, now this is just a complete and absolute guess. I really believe that Trey Mann will see a ton of time with the blue. And nothing of his fault 
Like, it's not that he's not going to be a good player or that he's not going to be ready for the NBA, but it's the fact that you can put him with the blue and allow him to do things that you just cannot find time for in the NBA. So with the NBA squad, sure, you're going to find minutes for your first, you know, your first round pick. And Trey Mann will play in the NBA a ton. But he's going to be playing with Josh Giddy, with SGA, with even Tail Maldon, and even with Ty Jerome. And so you're not going to get a look at him being the guy, being the leader, the floor general, the playmaker, and being somebody who has the entire pressure of an offense on him. Because no disrespect to the players on the blue, no matter what that roster looks like, which we don't know what it looks like yet, but no matter what it looks like, if Trey Mann's on that team, he is going to be the most talented player on that team. So allowing him to take on that pressure of the defense can be good for his development and seeing what he needs to adjust to and he needs to work on. It's also a great way to ease him into professional basketball. And so getting to put him in spots where you just won't have time for in the NBA is a great thing. And that's why I think that he could see some time with the G League. Whereas with a guy like Jeremiah Robinson Earl, while he's picked in the second round, I think he's more NBA ready in the sense of the role that you can provide JRE this year is the role that you want him playing for 15 years. Like You have the minutes and the capacity on your roster to let him play small ball five, let him stretch the floor, let him rebound, let him defend. That's all you want him to do for 20 years in this league and for your organization. So it doesn't really matter if that happens with the blue or the thunder. You might as well have it happen with the thunder. Where with Trey Mann, with this roster, the things that you're envisioning for Trey Mann down the line, since you invested a first-round pick in him, they cannot all be accomplished with the current rotation. So that's where he benefits from going to the G League. Another big ticket item is Vit. This team clearly likes Vit and, and, and wants to uh, see him grow. You do not trade for him high up in that second round last year, plus dump salary in Admiral Schofield to get him, plus bring him over a year early to monitor his rehab and be hands-on with that rehab, keeping him in Oklahoma for an entire year well, they cannot play for your franchise if you do not believe that he can be a very good player. So most of his action, it's being reported, will come from the G League because it's very hard to come off of an injury and be thrusted into the NBA lifestyle. So easing him in with the G League and getting him used to just playing basketball again is a great route for him as well. So getting to see your first look at him will be a big deal. And, and the benefit of having that Oklahoma City is immeasurable. So it's great that it's back and with the Paycom Center in all of its glory. Coming up, we'll talk more about the G League and also John Wall and the Vegas over-unders for this season. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off of your next order. It is incredible what Built Bar tastes like. It's a candy bar, it tastes like one, but it's actually a protein bar, and it can truly fool people if you do not give them that advice ahead of time that it's a protein bar. It tastes extremely like a candy bar with that 100% chocolate on the outside. They have amazing flavors. Coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate brownie, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. I love cookies and cream. You should try out cookies and cream. If you do not want to take my recommendation, or simply, if all these flavors sound wonderful to you, which they should, try out the mixed box. That box gives you two of every flavor. You try them all out and then reorder the flavor you love the most, try it out today. Most bars have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and 4 grams of net carbs and 4 grams of sugar. It's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. Also, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Sweat Block. Listen, 
Sweat block is a lifesaver. It's doctor created, doctor recommended. Works up to seven days per use. Dry shirts guaranteed. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It is featured and tested on the right to ratio by firefighters. Best seller on Amazon for the past 10 years and over 13,000 reviews. And is currently number one in the Amazon antiperspirant category. It's manufactured in the USA and it's perfect for you because you like me, sweat a ton. I sweat a ton. And if you're from Oklahoma and you're around this Oklahoma heat, you know, it's no joke. Even on September 17th, the year of our Lord, 2021, you'll walk outside today, 90 degrees, 91 degrees, 93 degrees, even going to hit 94 degrees. And, and that is not weather that's conducive to things like a white shirt, even, or a gray shirt. It'll make you pit out a bit with this Oklahoma heat, but not anymore. Not if you get sweat block. So get sweat block today by going to sweatblock.com using code LOCKDOWN, 20% off at sweatblock.com at Amazon or also CVS as well. So you can get this a multitude of ways, sweatblock.com, promo code LOCKDOWN, 20% off. It's a wonderful, wonderful product that I desperately need, and I'm glad that it's now in our lives. Sweatblock.com, promo code LOCKDOWN, 20% off. So wrapping up the G League coverage so far this year, again, it's important that it's back, especially for an organization that treats the G League with such importance and values the development and the amount you can accomplish with the G League. It's a great thing. And so being able to stash players there, even for just a quick day, you know, a quick Friday stint back to the NBA on Saturday is a great thing. And it's a lot easier to shuffle players around whenever you have the same city for each team and also you have this schedule that you're going to have for the start of the season where you're playing in the same location two straight games. So Oklahoma City will play Salt Lake City, for example, again, Friday, Sunday. So being there for sure two straight days is a big deal as well. Last quick note before we move on to John Wall, uh, the, the two-way deal is the same way it was last year. So it's no longer 50 days, it's, it's 50 games. So players can practice with the actual NBA roster without it hurting their day's cap. Remember with Lou Dort's two-way contract, the big storyline heading into the bubble was that he's never practiced with the Thunder. He's, he's never practiced with that team because if he did, it would use up a day of that two-way contract and the Thunder did not want to do that whenever it was not a game day. So the big storyline was like, hey, we finally got Lou Dort signed and he can now join practices and it can get him even more jailed in with the team. Well, the NBA has luckily changed that rule to where now it's only going to count game days. So you can practice with the team as much as you want. And the only way you lose a day from that 50 is if you actually are on the roster on a game day in which the G League is kind of back in session. So about November 5th is when you'll see that happen. And again, those two-way guys are Paul Watson Jr. and Aaron Wiggins. Wiggins, the 55th overall pick in this year's draft. Paul Watson Jr., a signing that just happened uh, this past weekend. Played with the Raptors last year. I had a a flashy game with Toronto uh, and, and was really good with them this past season and is worth taking a flyer on even though he's 26 years old. So John Wall in the Houston Rockets agreed to part ways. And it sounds as though the Rockets and Wall are looking for a trade partner and Wall does not seem to want a buyout. The question becomes, can you trade this contract? It's a, it's a monster contract. It's a, it's a bad contract in the NBA We've seen this song and dance before 
where we're saying, hey, it's an untradeable deal. And then boom, Chris Paul's traded. Boom, Russell Westbrook's traded. Boom, Al Horford's traded. Boom, Kimba Walker's traded. We've seen this before, but this is the this is the the contract where it feels like it's not the boy who cried wolf. Like it feels like this is the time where, yeah, like we're kind of pushing it to the side, like, oh yeah, yeah, we've heard this before. But no, this is like the real one where you really can't trade it because he's owed forty four million dollars this year and and uh, forty seven million dollars next year. And, and even Woj, the most plugged in guy in the world with the NBA, Woj is saying that like he does not expect this to happen anytime soon. The question is always going to be when these things happen: Should the Thunder get involved? And I've told you since last May, I guess two Mays ago now, well, time really does fly. Since two Mays ago, with the draft capital that the Thunder have built up, their name will surface in literally any NBA rumor from now until the end of time. And so it even happens with John Wall. Now, in my opinion, they shouldn't because it doesn't benefit either side. If the Thunder can get the Rockets to take away all the protections on everything that the Rockets are the Thunder, then sure, do the trade. If they can get the Rockets to trade to take away the protections and give up a first-round pick in addition to what they owe the Thunder, absolutely do the trade. But what incentive does the Houston Rockets have to do that? Because if that would happen, then that would mean the Thunder would buy out John Wall. Because the Rockets and Wall are working together on this. Wall's not alienated from the Rockets. They're working in partnership. And so obviously John Wall will not want to go in this point of his career to the Thunder and play for this current roster. So when you start thinking this out loud, that would mean that John Wall has agreed at that point, hey, Houston, trade me to Oklahoma City. I'll go there. I'll agree to a buyout. And then I'll get to go where I want to go. The same way that Kimba Walker did with the Celtics and the Thunder. So if John Wall, at this hypothetical point, has now opened the door for a buyout, well, instead of losing a first-round pick and, and, and giving away those pick protections, at that point, why wouldn't Houston just buy him out? Because it's not as though Raphael Stone is going to be hoarding this cap space for some magical free agent push in the next year or two. And so you the, the, the Rockets can bounce the books, as the Thunder can, to not be punished by buying out John Wall in the long-term free agency run while also keeping their pick and their pick protections. So it just doesn't make a ton of sense for, for either side. For the Thunder, I'm not just going to, for free, trade for John Wall's contract and then buy him out. You're going to have to give me a benefit like the pick protection, like an additional first-round pick. And then for the Rockets, well, why would I do that if at that point he wants to, he wants to buy out anyway? So it's just, it, it's not the right fit. And I'm not sure what the right fit is for John Wall to be completely honest with you. And it could be where this is a part of an elaborate plan where John Wall's like these, this matching salary type piece for a three-way deal with Ben Simmons. But I just don't see where Wall fits in with the Thunder in terms of a trade package because while the Thunder can trade for John Wall and can buy him out and would love the benefit of doing that uh, draft-wise, you know, draft pick-wise, the incentive for the Rockets to, to kind of comply with that plan and to go through with that plan is just simply not there. Coming up, We'll talk about where Vegas has the Thunder uh, for, for opening night, for awards, for the postseason, for over-under win totals, and so much more, uh, all from the Vegas front of this NBA season. But first, I want to tell you right now, but a good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, folks. 20 years ago, you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts 
that your car would ever need. I personally, I believe that I'm the best spokesperson for rockauto.com because I know nothing about cars. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that might sound crazy to you. Why would they want a spokesperson who knows nothing about cars? Let me tell you why. It's because at rockauto.com, their website is so easy that I don't have to know a singular thing about vehicles. What I have to know is my personal make, model, and year of my vehicle. And you know where I can find that, folks? In the glove compartment with the little booklet thing, or even, I think, on the door. I'm not sure. I'll have to go check on that and verify that. But nonetheless, I can find those basic facts. And if I plug that in, all they're going to do is show me car parts at that point that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not buying parts that aren't going to work with my vehicle or wasting my time, money, or resources. I can save money. I can pick my own manufacturers. I can pick my own makes and models of my parts with only compatibility with my car. It's great. So just go there right now to rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you in the how did you hear about us box, and they'll know what to do from there. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Speaking of Vegas, tell you right now, our good friends are over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, we're working together because we're back and we're better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. With new updated interfaces and, and the site is brand new, it's refreshed, it's awesome. Uh, even new odds, props, contests are over there right now at BetOnline.ag. It continues to be your number one source for everything football. So head over right now to the website or even use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Do not forget to use the code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right up to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait. Take advantage right now with their amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. Promo code locked on at betonline.ag. So we're going to talk now about the Vegas lines for the Thunder for this season, for this home opener for awards, for everything. And it's all courtesy of our good friends over at betonline.ag. And if you want to be a better, better, a better, better, his mother was a mother, go to Locked On Bets, wherever you get your podcast from. Locked On Bets helps you not turn betting into a guessing game. It helps you get the exact picks you need to win some money. If you listen to Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, you get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. So follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by our good pals over at BetOnline.ag for all of your betting needs. So Vegas had a huge NBA dump this week. And I've put this on Twitter at Ryland or Source Styles if you want to like kind of read it visually while we're discussing it. The first thing, that they already have opening night lines. Yes, we're that close to the season where we have actual point spreads for NBA basketball. How exciting is that? The Thunder open up as an 11.5 point underdog to the Utah Jazz on opening night, the largest spread of any opening night game this season from betonline.ag. Here's the kicker here. Yes, the Jazz are a a great team, a good, great team in Utah. Yes, tough road game to open up the year. 
full capacity in that arena. Uh, we'll be rocking. David Locke will be there. That's always a great time. However, the Thunder are the younger team. The Thunder might be the hungrier team. I'm not sure about that. Obviously, hard to quantify that. And if you believe in the trends from last year, where whenever Shea plays, the team plays a close game. Uh, earlier, early in the season, where Mark has a, a fresh group that is chomping at the bit for minutes and that is competitive and that has had a, uh, obviously, and again, this is just me assuming, but obviously a, a competitive training camp uh, is what happened last year. We didn't get to watch training camp because of the pandemic or like have too much information on training camp last year, but it was clear with their play on the floor, just from the outside looking in, that those guys were competing each and every day for their spots on the roster. And so with that became taking every single minute of the regular season from game one to the extreme and to the nth degree and treating it as though it's an NBA Finals game. So if you believe in all of that stuff, that the Thunder will start out hot again, that they will come out of the gate firing again, that they will uh, that they will be underestimated again by their teams in the league, and that Mark is just this master motivator that I believe he is, I will take the Thunder right now if you're giving me 11 and a half points. Now, are they going to beat the Utah Jazz? Obviously, on paper, the Jazz are a much better team. But I do think that the Thunder keep it closer than 11 and a half. It's hard to truly blow out any team in the NBA. It's also hard to blow out a Thunder team that has Shea, uh, that has that kind of re-energy, you know, re-energized about itself the way that Mark had them playing last year to start the year. The Thunder are plus 2,500 to make the NBA playoffs. They're plus 15,000 to win the West, plus 20,000 to win the division. Their over-under win total is 23 and a half. It's even money for the over or the under. It's minus 115 for the over or the under. The only team with a lower over-under total is the Orlando Magic, who have a total of 22 and a half. Now, the award picks. Lou Dort is plus 10,000 to win Defensive Player of the Year. This is not a bet that I would make personally. It's obvious that the, that the voters have a bias against guards with this award. I hope that we'll see that change this year. We started to change that narrative last year in the playoffs. You, you've got that kind of buzz around, hey, maybe we should give this award to more printer players sometimes. That's changing in a good way for Lou Dort, but I still don't think that we're there yet that, that you can win this award while on a team projected to not be very good wins and loss-wise. SGA is the favorite to win most improved player at plus 1,000, tied with Michael Porter Jr. The reason why I would advise you not to bet on SGA. Number one, you're not getting great value at plus 1,000. Number two, though, when, you, when you're you thinking about who has a vote on the most improved player award and, and all these awards, we like to live in this utopic world where whoever has a vote takes their vote extremely seriously the way that you or I would, where they're watching every game, they're tracking every stat, they're trying to make the best decision, they're really getting down to the nitty-gritty, splitting hair, splitting the atom. They're trying their best. In reality, most awards, you've made up your mind by December, kind of kickle around the narrative past whatever All-Star break happens and past uh, you know the rest of the season, and you vote that way. Or you vote simply on box score, especially for an award like Most Improved Player. The Most Improved Player award would be like the flashy box score type of, of award that you vote on. Because mostly it comes from players who are on teams that aren't in the public eye a lot of the time in the regular season. So my thing is with this, you're not getting good odds. And also, I think SJ is a superstar. I think he's an all-star. I think he's a guy who can lead this franchise for a long time. The max extension, all that great stuff. I think it's also unfair, though, to hold SGA to the standard of last year. 
in terms of this specific season. Now, I think that last year was not a fluke. I think that SGA can be a player who puts up 23 points per game, six assists per game, five rebounds per game, and does it on great efficiency. 50% from the floor, 41% from deep, and then also shooting at the line, 80%. The thing is, though, with this specific roster construction, where he's the only true offensive proven option, where you're going to be able to focus on him from the word go, if he takes a, a efficiency dip this year, I will not be surprised or hold that against him. The voters will, though. So he might put up 25 points per game or 28 points per game. He might put up seven assists per game and six rebounds per game. But I think that the efficiency going down a bit would hinder him from getting those votes that he needs, which wouldn't really be his fault when you put it into context. And I think that when this team is flushed out and it's built with the mature offensive proven weapons that you want around Shea in the future, that we'll see that efficiency immediately jump back up. And I'm not saying it's going to for sure dip back down or dip down at all. It could be even better when maybe SGA just comes out on a tear and he continues to shoot 50% from the floor. He goes up to like 42% from three and even shoots 90% from the free throw line. He's in the 50, 40, 90 club. Maybe that's the case this year, but I'm saying it's not out of the realm of possibility that he takes a small step back efficiency wise because of the players around him and the focus point of his, of him being the, the number one option on the team with no real clear cut secondary option yet as a score. And so with that being said, he takes that step back and he's no longer knowing the, the MIP. And so you not only bet on a player that had, you know, kind of bad odds for you making money in terms of like your return on investment will not be as great. Even if he wins the award at plus 1000, but also you have a player who doesn't give you those best eyes in terms of making a return on investment, but also a player who might not have that jump on the box score, which is what most will look for. So when you go to his basketball reference page and you see his jump from 19 points per game to 23 points per game, that will not, you know, the jump from 23 points per game to like 25 points per game will not look as flashy and thus it might lose him the MIP votes that he needs to win the award. So it's nothing that Shea will do wrong. It's just that, in this betting landscape, it's not the best odds for that award if you want to bet on awards, which I do not advise you doing. I, I think that betting on awards is pretty silly, but we do have odds on them, so we might as well talk about them. For example, Darius Baisley, for the Most Improved Player Award, is 6,600. Now, I wouldn't bet on this either because I just said I would not bet on you know player awards, but if you put like 10 bucks on Darius Baisley to win the Most Improved Player Award... You're going to get a huge return if he actually does win it, obviously. But when you look at his box score, which is what most will vote on, he has a ton of room to improve. He shot 40% from the floor last year and below 30% from three. So if he turns into that double-double machine that I think he can be, where he's averaging you know, uptick that to like 17 points per game and 11 rebounds per game while shooting... 37% from three and, you know, 50% from the floor or 47% from the floor. If he does that, and maybe the Thunder are a little bit better than expected, then yeah, he'll be in, in most improved player category. And it'll also be a jump from year two to year three because most voters don't like voting on guys who go from year one to year two improvement because it's looked as though, well, you should have improved from your year to your second year. So th that also plays well with Baisley's uh, argument. I, again, I just would not vote on awards, but 
the MIP for Shea, I think he should have won it last year. I think he can win it this year. There's just too many negatives while also not getting great odds to actually place money on it, in my opinion. Josh Giddy is plus 3,300 to win Rookie of the Year. He is behind on this list. Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Davion Mitchell, Anthony Shingoon, Chris Duarte, James Booknight, and Jonathan Kaminga. You have to remember that Vegas kind of puts this into uh, perspective of like not only who they think will win, but also who they think will get money put on them. In my opinion, Josh Giddy, even as a non-homer, just thinking this out logically, Josh Giddy should not be behind Chris Duarte and, and really not even Anthony Shingoon. But again, I understand why Shingoon's there because he had such a great summer league that you can maybe convince a, a population of people to place money on him just because of what they tell in summer league and kind of what he was able to buy for himself equity-wise in summer league. But for me... I don't get why the odds are so great for Josh Gade to win Rookie of the Year. Now, he's not going to win it. Cade Cunningham's going to win it. If Cade Cunningham laces up his shoes and goes out there and plays halfway decent, he'll win Rookie of the Year. And if and if he doesn't play halfway decent, then Jalen Green will win Rookie of the Year. But just thinking this out in terms of like a ranking system, you have a guy in Josh Giddy who will get a ton of minutes from day one. I don't see a reason not to start him. So let's just say he's a starter. Let's say Mark agrees with me. He's a starter. He'll start all year long. He'll have starter minutes all year long. And his game and system are conducive to filling the stat sheet. What do the Thunder want to do? They want to play positionless. They want to have multiple ball handlers. They want to have multiple playmakers. That's exactly what Josh Giddy is. He's a long, lengthy, versatile player who can play multiple positions, can be a, a ball handler, can be an elite passer, can fill up a box score. Because he can rebound for his size as a, as a guard at 6'9". He can rebound. He can also play make because he's one of the best playmakers in this draft class, if not the very best playmaker in this draft class. And then, by the very nature of playing a ton of minutes, he'll score points. And, and unlike the argument against SGA's MIP candidacy, Rookie of the Year, you don't really care that much about efficiency. It doesn't really matter. So, even if he's inefficient, he'll at least have the counting stats. I think of the counting stats more than Chris Duarte, who's playing for a coach from Rick Carlisle that hates rookies and never plays rookies. So I just don't get the ranking here uh, or the odds making here of Giddy being below Duarte. But Vegas knows more than I do. I'm just saying, when I have better odds that Josh Giddy were in rookie of the year than a guy coached by Rick Carlisle, who only has one true NBA talent and one true NBA trait, it doesn't add up to me. It does not pass a smell test. Trey Mann, plus 4,000 to win Rookie of the Year. Mark is plus 8,000 to win Coach of the Year, only behind Jamal Mosley. Remember, Navreshier played last year. Mark was in conversations about Coach of the Year. Not just from me, although Josh Lloyd did have me on Lockdown NBA last year to talk about Mark and how he should have won Coach of the Year, but also from like actual national people who are far away from Oklahoma City but still recognize the job that Mark did with his team. So... Take that for what it's worth. Again, do not bet on this, please. I'm begging you. Do not do not throw your money away. Donate it. Do something else with it on these award picks. But just so you know, that's where everything stands with the award category. I'll leave you with this, folks. If you bet a singular dollar, one dollar, if you bet a hundred pennies, go right now to your car in between the cushions of the seat, find a hundred pennies. If you bet that amount of money, that the Thunder and the Nets will meet in the NBA Finals, you'll turn that $1 
into $325 if it comes true. So if you believe that Sam Presti will pull a Presti and out of nowhere, unexpectedly trade for Ben Simmons or something and make this team, like accelerate this team's timeline through a crazy degree, put a dollar on the Thunder and the Nets to meet the NBA Finals. Don't actually do that, folks. Again, don't even waste one singular dollar. But it's still pretty funny to think about. Nonetheless, that's your show for today. That's five shows this week. We'll be back next week because next week, folks, that's the last week without the Thunder participating in training camp, without the Thunder playing basketball somewhere. Now, yes, it'll be in the practice facility for a few weeks before we actually get to see them, but still, they'll be playing basketball and doing things on a basketball floor, which means we're very close. We're very, very close. Next week, we're going to talk about the roster itself, building out the rotation for the roster, talk about ranking players for how likely they are to become stars. Also, next week, we'll discuss the expectations for this team and so much more. Again, follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Subscribe to Lockdown Thunder anywhere you get your podcast from. It's totally free. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be good and be good to one another. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.